Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome, Rory. Thank you for having me here, Paul. I'm excited to be here talking about coaching again. Now, I guess today we're playing 20 questions. Well, kind of kind of 20 <laughs> questions. That's a, that's a great way to put it. I like that. Okay. I like that. Uh, today we're going to we're going to take an excerpt out of The Extraordinary Coach, How the Best Leaders Help Others Grow by John Zinger. Uh, he's the best-selling author of The Extraordinary Leader with Kathleen Stennett. So uh, they just I think they've written an, out, an outstanding book on coaching, and so it's probably one of my uh, top three or top five uh, coaching books that, that I like. And he does a 20, kind of a 20-question assessment that you would do, you know, afterwards, how am I doing? Um, and you can also give it to your employees and say, are you, you know, from their perspective, are you doing these things? So it's a self-assessment to know how how well I'm doing at the coaching game. Bingo. And then also I could use these type of questions to uh, ask my uh, employees about me. Right. Say, okay. here, what, take what a this. good tip. And, and, and so it's a great way to go about it. So there's basically four four aspects they have, you know, okay. the the framing the conversation, what's the first aspect of it? And then understanding the current state, where's the employee at? Uh, explore the desired state, where do we want to be? And then obviously laying out a success plan. And so I just love those four, and, that, and, and, and framing that that way is perfect. Mm-hmm. So here's his first three questions that he asked and framing the conversation. Now let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Does it make a difference of the particular order? Does it build on each other? I think it does. I mean, okay. I think it's, it's important to kind of... If you don't do it in the perfect order, I don't think it's the it's going to be the end of the world. But this is if you know if you're having a, a coaching session with an employee and you really want to get a desired state. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's times when you coach someone and it's you know it's a two to three minute conversation, right. and that's perfectly good. You know, you, you, they they bring you an issue, they bring you a problem, and you say, do you mind if I ask a couple of questions? And they're going to recognize this pattern over time, and they're all going to recognize, oh my God, they're going to ask me the questions and. And you hope that by asking the questions, they get better prepared before they come to you. And mm-hmm. that's the that's the learning curve that you see with employees. And that's what I see with a number of my clients is they say, you know, once employees recognize I'm going to ask them questions and build on it, trust me, they come with their homework prepared mm-hmm. before they walk in because they, they want to ask. And, and what the CEO is telling them is ask me a CEO-level question. Right. You know, don't ask me a question that somebody, you know, and, and purchasing can answer. Right. Ask me a, a CEO question, something that's a challenging question. So I think that's a, that's an important key. Okay. So he basically right. says framing the conversation. So the first thing is I prepare in advance for coaching by identifying the purpose, the process, and the desired outcomes for the con- the conversation. And I think that's the important key. You know what? Did you p- prepare? Yeah. Did you do some of your homework before you started it? The second question that you ask is, I ensure that I am focused on the most important behavior or issue to discuss and get agreement on this from the person I am coaching. And I think that's the, that's important there because... That's huge. It, it is. Well, and not only that, sometimes people will distract you when you're coaching, particularly if you're coaching a behavioral issue that they're having a problem with another employee, and you're trying to focus on their behavior or their issue, and they want to say, well, you know, it's Sally's fault or it's Jim's fault, or, you know, if he wasn't this way, you know, okay, go back. We can't control Jim, but what can you control? You can right. control your behavior. Let's talk about that. And so I just think that's the important key is that you don't allow you don't allow people to distract you from the issue at hand. And and a lot of brand new employees will get there. I hate absolutely when I or a brand new coach. Uh, when I was an empl- uh, coaching folks, the worst thing I ever did was ping pong coaching. And I would go to an employee and say, <laughs> "Okay, 
you and 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 Jim are not getting along. Uh, what's he? Oh well, I'll tell you about Jim, and then I'd go over here and say, okay, right. this is what they said about you. And he goes, well, let me tell you about them, and and I'd be we'd go back and forth, and then I got tired of that, and I recognized that. Guess what? Get them both in a room, and get the box of Kleenexes if you need it, and and let's all we're going to be adults here and have a conversation, and probably make that person focus on their behavior more than going back and forth. A- absolutely, have yeah. them focus on that. So that's the key. And then the third question they ask is when someone comes to me with an issue, I ask the individual before, I ask the individual to define how I can best help them or support them. And does that, and, and what, does, what do they want from me in this conversation? So that's the important key. Yeah, good setup. And you've got it. So that's framing the conversation. Then the next step is understand the current state and, you know, where are we at? Because it's the, it's the classic story of a journey. This is where we're at. Where do we want to be? What is the process? What's the rivers we got to cross? What's the highways we got to go down? What's the towns we got to go through? You know, just like a journey. So in this one, it says understand the current state. Uh, basically, question number four is, I spend 25% of the time talking, and the person I am coaching spends 75% of the time talking. Hmm. So we're asking questions and allow them to elaborate. And then if they, if they don't elaborate very much, you can always say, tell me more, or, or give me a perspective on that, or tell me the advantages or disadvantages of that. There's always ways to draw out more information from that individual when you're talking to them. Then question number five is, I listen more than just for the words that are spoken. I truly pay attention to the emotions, the energy state of the person as well. Interesting. It, it, that's very important. You've got to find out what's, what's happening with that individual, mm-hmm. what, what's going on in their life, what's, uh, and why they bring this to you, why they think it was that important to bring it to you. And then number six, I ask questions that promote greater awareness on the part of the person I am coaching. My questions expand their views and their, and their situation. And I think this is the, the real key of a great coach yeah. is that you're not the expert. You make them the star. And you're asking them about them. You're asking them about their perception, their views. Right. 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 Because it's so often, you know, we're, we're all-knowing. We're, mm-hmm. we're in the big chair, and mm-hmm. so we're all-knowing, and we want to tell them our perception. But if we ask them and we really listen, it's remarkable what we learn about that individual. But mm-hmm. also the, the level of trust that we develop – and the level of camaraderie, that it's us against the problem rather than you and I against each other. You know, I'm going to fix you rather than let's fix it. Yeah. And, and that's just a huge difference. Uh, and then question number seven is, I help the individual to explore the consequences of making a change or staying in the current state. So if they stay where they're at and they're you know, willing to deal with it, like you know, got a manager right now, got an employee coming in late, and it's a great employee, high-tech individual, very useful to the organization, but just comes in when they want to come in. Wow. And the company, you know, doesn't want to fire the individual because they're so valuable, but it's just making playing havoc with the morale in the organization. I bet. And so, uh, but they can't make a choice yet on exactly where they want to be, even though I've coached them a number of occasions to say, <laughs> yeah, where do you want to go? Right. Sometimes it's just hard for people to get to that point where they, they want to pull the trigger. Then question number eight is, I provide feedback. I ask the individual to share his or her view of the situation before I share my own. And, and I, I'm not even sure that you want to share your own unless you really need to, to say this is the company policy and things like that. But you, what you really want to do as a coach is you want to create awareness and responsibility. And you do that much more effectively by asking questions. Yeah, and by having them state it. Right? Bingo. Okay. Have them state it. And then question number nine, 
is when I share my observations of the situation, I provide factual, specific data and observations. And, and I think that's really critical, and that's what I encourage. It, it, you've got to have data-driven decisions. Uh, just like in our last episode, we talked about Shirley and Beth. And Shirley and Beth, the one of the things that changed Beth's perception of, you know, from Shirley is Shirley gave her her sales numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not top of the heap. You're one of the average producers. But I believe in you, and I want to challenge you to be one of the top 10 performers. And guess what? Within of a number of years, she was one of the she top was. performers in the organization. And so, but that was a data-driven analysis. That was a data-driven decision, and we've got to do that. Right, and it was, it was data based on measurable results that you can see, feel, everything else. It's, it's the three M's. If you can't measure it, you, right. if you don't monitor it, you can't manage it. Right. So if you don't measure it, you don't monitor it, you can't manage it. Good. So how many is that? That's nine. That's nine. So we'll come back and we'll do 10 through 20 in a bit. Okay. We'll, t- we'll take a, uh, a quick pause and we'll be back. I mean, we've only had nine. There's going to be 11 more. I'm excited exactly. about this. And we'll be back with more Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Rory on the power of goals and leadership. He says, the best boss I ever had was Ewing Kaufman. And I said, why? And he says, Ewing Kaufman was so good at firing up a group. He gave great presentations. And he could fire us up. And so he had a presentation one day where he had all the sales team. And he said, you know, we've got to go out and beat last year's goals. We've got to really get after it. And he had them all fired up. They could just run through walls for Ewing Kaufman. And they were all fired up. And he says, right now, reach in your pocket and get your business card out. And he says, in that business card, what I want you to do is I want you to write down on the business card how much you're going to beat your quota buy. So he said they were so fired up. People just wrote incredible numbers. And they all started to walk out. But Ewing Kaufman beat him to the back door. And while he was there, he held his hand out. Give me that card. Exactly right. Give me that card. He collected all the cards. What do you think he did? Every month, he monitored their sales. I said, what was the result? He said, the results were pretty simple. He challenged me to be the best I'd ever been in my entire life. I had the most sales that year I'd ever had. And for the company, we had the most sales ever. See the power of leadership? For more information on booking Rory for speaking or coaching, please visit RoryRoland.com. And welcome back to Coaching for Potential Podcast with Rory Roland. We are playing 20 questions. Absolutely. We're paying 20 questions. We've got nine of them out of the way. We've got 11 to go. And this is the kind of a self-assessment or assessment on uh, your coaching abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, the There were four aspects. We went through two of those aspects. Mm-hmm. So the 10th... 10, th- 10 through 14 10 is, through th- is explore the current state or desired okay. state. All and right. then the 15 through 20 is lay out the success plan. Excellent. And so I just think this is... a. A great framework for coaching people is is doing that. And, and just kind of recap a little bit. We want to frame the conversations. We talked about those conversations or those questions. We want to understand the current state. We want to explore the desired state and then lay out a success plan, how we're going to get there. So we're in Section 3 right now exploring the desired state, and it says, I take the time to fully understand what the desired state is and the end result that we are trying to achieve. So we, we clearly say this is our, our vision. Uh, Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits, uh, he would always tell his kids, you know, y- you can coach two ways. You can you tell them every detail. Mow the lawn this three inches high, and, mm-hmm. and it is. And he would tell them, you know, his, his son would say, well, what do you want from the lawn? He says, I want it green and growing, okay? I don't want dead spots. I don't want trash in the yard. I want it green and growing. And 
and that's what I want. And so that was his vision that he shared with his son, and he says, now you do the rest. And that's a really good coaching example. And then the next question we can ask is, number 11, I resist giving my advice before hearing fully what the person I am trying to coach is thinking about. So, And I think that's really critical is to step back. Don't push them. Mm-hmm. Find out where, where they want to go is so critical. The number because, 12. Because they need to have that, that thinking process to really make a change. Is that correct? You want them to process it. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that people develop is when they really think it through. They really come to the answer themselves, and they really know where they want to go. Again, back in the, one of the episodes, you talked about the skiing instructor that taught tennis. You, where are they? <laughs> I keep mentioning this. I'm sorry, but it's, yeah, it's no, pretty it's impactful. Where right. the coaching technique was to have them really think through what they were doing, and that's what this this uh, self assessment asked you to do. That's exactly right. I mean, when the ski instructor taught tennis, he didn't know anything about tennis. And the way that he got them to perform at a high level is he had them analyze what they were doing. And by analyzing it and identifying it and articulating it, they knew what they needed to do to be a better tennis player. And this is what you want to do here is you want people to articulate what they're doing, where they want to get, because when we can identify a problem, that's 90% of success. Right. And if they can identify it, they can, they can articulate it, they can be successful. And, and sometimes you know we have to work with them. We, sometimes we have to articulate it for them, but uh, sometimes they don't know. I'll give you a great example of this. Had a, an employee named Phyllis, and she was a great employee. And uh, I would have meetings, and I didn't understand the distinctions between introverts and extroverts. And so we'd have meetings, and I'd get everybody together. And, and since I'm an extrovert, we'd all talk about it. And I'd say, okay, is everybody in agreement? And they'd all say yes, and, <laughs> and we'd say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then Phyllis was an introvert, so she would think when she was alone, whereas extroverts talk to reach clarity, introverts think to reach clarity. Right. So she would uh, go home, she'd drive home, she'd do the laundry, she'd do the, you know, the, the dishes, uh, she'd come back the next day, she'd get ready, put her makeup on, and she was thinking. And she'd come back to my office at 8 o'clock in the morning, she'd knock on the door, and usually before that, because uh, she was one of the first people there, and she'd knock on my door, and say, well, we had that meeting yesterday, I said, yeah. She says, well, um, did you think about this? Oh, no, I didn't think about that. She goes, well, did you think about this? Oh, no, I didn't think about that. And, she, and, I, and so now, after this happens several times, I get really angry at her. And I'm saying, why, why didn't you bring it up? Why didn't you bring it up there? And she'd go, mm-hmm. She couldn't articulate that I'm an introvert, and I think to reach clarity. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I stepped back, went to some seminars, went to some management seminars, and improved my skill set and recognized, oops, she's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I run meetings like a fire station, you know, running to a fire, and she needs time to think and process. And when she had time to think and process, then she would look at the entire situation, and she, she and, and I got to tell you, she was right. Probably very valuable feedback when Great she feedback. had the opportunity to do that. Right. But that's the key, too, with coaching and people is sometimes they can't articulate it, and we've got to be wise enough to respond to that. We've got to be, we've got to know when that moment is. Good and, example. Yeah, that I think that's just so important. So, you know, on number 12, I invite the person I am coaching to identify several different paths forward before we prioritize the best one. And this is really the options questions. What options do we have available to us? And that's such an important question to ask. And then the next one is, I explore the individual motivation and level of commitment that they're making for the desired change. I mean, really, do they, do they really want it? Because mm-hmm. you got to, you know, it's the old, uh, it's the old uh, uh, Jeff Foxworthy line. You got to <laughs> want to. You want to? Yeah, let's want, want, want to. <laughs> and, and what's their measure of want to? <laughs> so I love that from Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, then 14... You might be a coach. We'll <laughs> do that episode sometime. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> that would be a good concept. Yeah. You might be a coach if you found this. Um, together, and number 14, is together explore the possible barriers or resistance uh, to the individual might face moving forward to their goal. So there's hill, skill, and will. And, and this is where you really look at, okay, what's the hill? What's the barrier or obstacle that's keeping us from this, that's, uh, that's keeping us from achieving this? You know, is it organization skills? Is it your time management? Um, is, it, is it having that, that determination, that, um, just that grit to get it done? Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of times you, when you go through that uh, um, type of exercise, I would imagine you think there's a lot more barriers than there really are. Right. Or you think, there, you think the barriers are impossible to overcome, but really they aren't as bad as you think. And some of our, the, the most difficult barriers are the self-imposed, self-imposed. invisible yeah, Absolutely, yeah. You know, I, I can't have this difficult conversation with this employee. You know, in the, in the last episode, Beth had a boss who never had, a, had, never had her, told her that she wasn't, you know, performing well. Mm-hmm. She was average. He probably wasn't catching too much heat from above. His, his manager was saying it's okay, and away they went. Um, but, you know, that's the key. Can we have those difficult conversations? And sometimes we feel as a manager I can't have them. Or another barrier that I see many times, and I think that's why the ski instructor and tennis coach story is so important, is many times people tell me, I can't coach them if I didn't do the job they're doing now with the new technology or the new process or the new product or whatever. Because we feel like if we don't know every intricacy of what they're doing, we can't coach them. And that's not the case at all. You don't have to be the expert. You want the employee to be the expert. You want to be the person that helps helps them get through that right. process. You want, to be, you want to be the expert on coaching, the expert on process, uh, and, and the process of coaching, but you want them to be an expert on the job they do right. and, the way, and the best way they can do that. So those are the, uh, those are the ideas on exploring a desired state. And then we've got the next, the fourth section is lay out the success plan. So this one is question number 15. I help guide the person I am coaching in breaking down the desired goals, the specific discrete action steps. And I think this is, uh, this is really where people uh, falter, is they just don't know what's that next step. And so when I work with clients, I'm always saying, okay, what's our action steps? Uh, because I love the thought that if you don't have action steps from a meeting, there was no reason to have a meeting. Right. I mean, it was just a coffee clutch. You mm-hmm. just got together, shared some stories, had coffee, and away you go. If there's no action steps, there was no reason to meet. And I think that's the criteria of success. You know, what's that product that we're going to walk out of there and say, these are the things we're going to accomplish. Then number 16, I work to make sure that the action steps are time bounded and that each step is tied to specific deadline. Measurable. Bingo. You got to have it measurable in a timeline. And then number 17, I help the individual I'm coaching explore the supported resources. Do they have the resources they need to get to that point? And then number 18, I and, and just, mm-hmm. I mean, that's an important part of being a, um, a coach and a manager is you, you develop them, but you got to. A lot of times, your job is just to get barriers out of the way and give them the resources to do their job. Absolutely, I was working with a client, and uh, and I asked them, you know, who was who was their best boss, and uh, she she told me a story, basically a, a very simple story, and said, I went to my boss and I said the purchasing department won't allow me to do X, and he went to the purchasing VP and said. We need this sale. We need to hit our numbers this quarter. If we don't have this, we don't hit our numbers this quarter, make this happen. And the VP of sales and the VP of purchasing got together. They made it happen. And that's one of the keys that you can do as a manager. If you can eliminate those barriers, uh, because obviously 
you know, lower level employees were saying, we right. can't do that. Mm-hmm. And they had to have a VP of sales. Yeah, we probably don't do that all the time, but in order to hit our numbers, we're going to do it this time. And, and that's where you can be successful as a right. manager. Identify the barriers to keep them from hitting success. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and then number 18, I actively work to seek milestones for follow-up and accountability beyond the coaching conversation. So, okay, Progress. I want you to do this by this time, and you know I'm gonna, we're going to talk on, uh, like I have people come up to me and they say they want to be a speaker. They see me at a conference, and they, right. are, they, and they think it's just that one hour. It's all the work <laughs> that's involved, and they have no idea the marketing, the efforts, all the work that goes into having a successful speaking career. And they come to me, I want to be a speaker, and I say, I, and I, I will, I'll mentor anybody. But the goal is, I'm going to give you homework, and if you don't do the homework, the next time we talk, you really don't want to be a, right. you don't want to be a, and, and I, I literally, I've coached probably 40 people to be speakers, mm-hmm. and only one has ever achieved it. And he's gone way beyond me. Nice. But when I gave him homework, he had the homework done before we were meeting, and he was basically saying, let's talk earlier. Ex- yeah. You know, because he wanted to be successful. So a lot of people say they want something, but they really don't want to do the work mm-hmm. necessary to do it. Uh, so that's the key. You've got to have that those milestones. And then number uh, number nineteen, I have a system for regularly follow up with the individual that I'm coaching. So you know, where where are we at? Where's the measurables and where's the where's the result? And then number twenty, I seek out I seek out opportunities to check in with the individual I am coaching to determine how they are progressing towards their goal. And, and then I think the other key is that when you do reach the goal, celebrate. Okay? Uh, I, I'll give you an, an example yeah. of this. With my clients that, that I coach with them and we hit our milestones, I, I make sure that we talk about, great job. That's outstanding. I love what you did there. Because they need that sense of achievement and accomplishment that, and that appreciation that we can give them as as leaders in the organization to say you've done this, and, and it uh, motivates them to uh, to go to higher potential right. to continue to do what they're doing. Probably right. right. It's like a football team when mm-hmm. when when your favorite football team scores a touchdown, they just don't drop the ball and go back to the sidelines. You know, they all celebrate. I mean, that was that was what they got on the field for at that moment was to drive the ball down the field and score a touchdown. Same way in the in organization, everybody wants to work for a winning team. Everybody wants to be part of a winning team. And if you, as a coach, can get people together to be a winning team, to achieve your goals, to make the organization profitable, to deliver on time with clients that are happy, everybody wants to be on a team like that. And with coaching effectively, you can achieve those kinds of uh, kinds of processes. So I just want to recap here. There's the four steps. Uh, Frame the conversation, understand the current state, explore the desired state, and then lay out a success plan, and then ultimately follow up and make sure that, you know, when we do score the touchdown, you're one of the first ones to give them a high five. Way to go. The 20 questions of coaching. Bingo. Good self-assessment. Thank you so much for your time. Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Thank you, Paul. I've been told that by people to listen, we need to tell them it's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com for more information, right? That's right. RoyRoland.com. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Roland. For more information and content, visit RoryRoland.com.